Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Oliveras. And I'm Carrie Clements. We are the co-hosts of Food Service for Thought. Not sure how you got here, but we are so glad that you did. Food Service for Thought is a podcast that shares the thoughts and insights from professionals in all areas of the food service industry to transparently unite and strengthen the business of serving food to the public, no matter where they are. We will be talking to food service professionals like chefs, restaurant owners, nutritionists, dietitians, caterers, pastry chefs, kitchen designers, restaurant interior designers, farmers, food manufacturers, restaurant equipment manufacturers, and pretty much anyone who might have anything to do with the food that you eat. So, if you love food, if you are curious about all aspects of the food service and hospitality industry and want to be sure there are always great places to enjoy food, this is your kind of podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin, along with Carrie. Carrie, good day. How are things? Good day, Justin. I like that hairdo. I like Thank your hairdo. Thank you. Yes, today. this is quarantine day, you know, 30-something. <laughs> um, first time I comb my hair in a month. And uh, we have a, a very, very fun guest today, but I am going to shove myself far away from the microphone and let you <laughs> take care of everything. Soup to nuts with the introduction and the opening question to get this party started. So, Carrie, party is in your hands. Okay. Well, you just uh, a, a few moments ago met Bill Flannery, who I've known for just a, a, a little bit of time. Bill, since like when? 80... What? Late? God, we need a calculator to do the math, right? <laughs> like a few years. Well, if it's we a good reference at... point, I was born in 81, so I don't know if that helps you guys <laughs> okay, do the well, math on we were We were in high school in 81, so... <laughs> yeah. I think we met in 1990, maybe? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we worked together, Justin, at a Gardner Restaurant Supply. And who who else was there? Uh, Jeffrey Heaney was there then, right? Jeff was there. Mark Nunn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alan. Alan Chow. Yes. Alan Chow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we, we were a crazy kind of bunch there, Justin. Um, and so fun facts about Bill. Um, he is the owner of Texas Grill Brush, which I was telling Roz about yesterday. And she goes, oh, I have two of them. They're the best brushes ever. So there you go. That's my business partner, Roz Graham. Loves. She's a fan nice. in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I love that plug. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. She was so excited. So, uh, yeah. So that's what you're doing. But you left the industry for a little while for like... 12 years then you came back and you went to Bowsher and all of this time you have been the owner of Texas Grill Brush so you've kind of always been in the business yeah I that that kept me a little bit engaged in the business well so from the, from the outside looking in since Carrie you said both you and Bill got to know each other uh, maybe early 90s when you worked for the same company what was there something Bill that that drew you into the industry I think that uh, I took an internship with the, the dealer that Carrie had, was working for full-time. And what drew me in was the fact that I had been working in the hotel business. And I, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to work weekends or anything. <laughs> so I said, oh, this looks interesting. This is like nine to five. Let's try it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's... And little did I know that the dealership I went to was slowly <laughs> yeah. going down the slowly going down the tubes, and that that I would be thrust into a sales position 
Well, I, in my final year of uh, of college, not knowing anything, so I think that it was a great way to learn the business because I didn't know any better. It was my first first job in the business, but learning how to ask people for deposits <laughs> and pay for stuff, and then not have the stuff show up, <laughs> you know, and and have them call you over and over. It's the foundation of any business. Give us your money and yeah. we're not going to deliver our products to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even taking the check back to the buyer and saying, hey, I just sold this. You're going to be so excited. I got, he paid for everything up front. And he's like, uh, we can't order from those people. I'm like, what? <laughs> but they, they, they gave me like 10 grand. They've already paid for it. We... We can't buy from them. I'm like, why is it on the floor? <laughs> so, and a lot of these people, sadly, were, uh, a lot of our customers were, were churches and places like that. <laughs> so, nothing like having the church pastor call you. You know, where is, where is my oven for my parishioners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know it's, how that conversation goes. <laughs> Listen, it, but, it was so true. It was like... Every time you get an order, we were on credit hold with this person or credit hold with this person. Uh. And it's like, come on, give me a break. Yeah, that was. Yeah, uh, it was. It was so it was pretty interesting. And then when I worked, then when I when I left there and went to work for Edward Don, it was like, oh, wow, I can. You mean, I can actually order from Forbes. (laughs) Is this is this a trick? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but. I, I think that that kind of trial by fire early on uh, taught me that, that uh, you know, not to be afraid to ask hard questions, like, give me the money before you get the product. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need a deposit, but you haven't, you don't have the equipment. Well, I, I need a deposit. Well, how much do you need? All of it. <laughs> a 100% deposit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's some references from some churches that I've sold to in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. make sure and call them. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty. It was very uh, Laurel and Hardy-ish back then, man. Because remember, we had three companies under one roof. Yeah. yeah. So we had th- three separate operating companies under one roof with three different phone numbers and three different businesses, distinct businesses, but all the same phone, just a different phone line. <laughs> So they would call up and you'd be like, hello, Gardner Restaurant Supplies, Bill, can I help you? It's like, yes, I'd like to order a South Bend oven. You'd be like, we don't have those. Okay, thanks. You hang up and then they call again and be like, hello, Gerber Restaurant Supply, this is Bill. (laughs) I'm looking for a South Bend oven. It's like, we don't have those. What about Vulcan? We have have Vulcan, we have that. Oh, yes. We'll bring your checkbook. (laughs) And then when they, yeah, it was like so weird man but so this was like a college a byop like if you're gonna buy something just bring your own product like just if you want an oven bring your own oven and still give us the money because that's the only way you're gonna get a product yeah Yeah. it it was it was a strange time like uh they're they're no longer in business but but people that work there are still in the business like me and bill for instance but a lot of people um and uh, yeah. yeah, they they I, I don't think I ever really understood what happened, except for maybe there was like too too much going on. Like they were trying to be because they were big. Yeah. 
Bill, yeah. Bill, Bill, um, Bill, ha- I, I, we should have done this beforehand, Justin, but I remember when, before you became a salesperson, because I don't even know if I was there anymore then, but um, when, when you were interning, didn't, didn't you, they like put your office like in this attic kind of cubby hole or something? We were all on that second floor <laughs> with, with, with Jane. It was like a, yeah, like a, a little attic area. <laughs> Yeah. No, when when I became a salesperson for Gerber's and Gardner, both, everyone was gone. All the salespeople were gone. (laughs) There was like seven salespeople. I remember when I started, you guys were selling, you were out selling the the Christmas napkins and stuff. (laughs) Gosh. Like three weeks later, everyone's gone. So Edward Don was a different experience is what you're saying. Different, different deal. You actually had product. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't have to get deposit checks. Very. I mean, and I and I could rest assured when I got the check, it was like this equipment would show up. So there, Justin. More better, even now. Yeah. <laughs> Things are looking up. Yeah. It, Things are looking up. Yeah. 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 It was. It, it was quite a bit of adversity back then. I do remember one guy. So remember, we used to get a lot of customers from uh, Mexico. Would come up and they would buy. You know, they'd buy all this equipment cash. And for some reason, there was some equipment there that somebody had paid for. It was on the floor. already. It was like sold. That sold sign on it. But the guy never came to pick it up. And uh, I ended up selling it <laughs> to somebody <laughs> because it was there. You know, it's like you have equipment. It's like, hey, I, that stuff that was sold that's been sitting here is like, oh, they're like, you can sell that. I'm like, okay, great. <clears throat> but I was always arguing like, well, I should get 100% commission because we sold it yeah. twice. It's already paid. It's already paid for. There's no cost, <laughs> you know. So, so, how many times do you get to sell something twice? So you so. you went through that experience, and got done with college and everything, and then you said you moved over to Edward Don. What what kept you in the industry? Having that as your your entry point experience, looking back now, I, you we, you can laugh. I imagine there was a little bit of uncertainty or anxiety or or challenges that you were dealing with as a young person so what sort of kept you in the industry and wanted you to continue to grow uh with the industry i mean i i think if you're in sales you have to be at least from my perspective it's not always a straight line there's a lot of ups and downs so uh, i don't think that sort of thing that i went through with gerbers it didn't really phase me (laughs) i mean anything can be stressful in 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 certain periods but for the most part you have to be you have to strap yourself in if you're going to be in sales and if you're going to be in straight commission sales which is primarily what I've done my entire career you know you have to be accustomed to those peaks valleys those you know you almost thrive on those challenges that's why right now it's it's so challenging because there's you know it's there's nothing going on yeah (laughs) right so and for you, um, uh, Bowser, nobody's buying fine china. No one. Anywhere. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, it's not a thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You were like, Great. I was having such a good day, and I forgot. Well, I had, I had kind of blocked that out for a few days <laughs> with a lot of beers and things of that nature, just pretending, you know. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that that uh, you know nobody nobody who could expect this, who could plan for this, 
who can anticipate it? I just don't think it's it's possible. And we were we were positioned as a you know we we sell China. We don't sell to go containers. We don't sell <laughs> anything other than a product that uh, no one's buying at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Well, um, one thing I was telling Justin, and I wrote this down because what you have on your LinkedIn really sums up kind of your approach, helping restaurants capitalize on this crazy wild trend of taking pictures of everything we eat and drink. Your your approach has always been like totally full service with your customers, kind of like friends and um, just overlap with your your life your personal life i guess i should ask it this way have you worked with any customers that restaurant customers that you've encouraged them to get on social media who just like totally weren't on social media oh yeah i mean i think that you you know you sell a product right we also we sell products but then you also have the you know we are living human beings we have other other interests other things that that we're good at or we enjoy and sometimes you have that intersection of of what you enjoy and what you do for a living and they they intersect and i think that's part of it i mean i'm kind of i would say i'm kind of a business junkie i like the 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 act of business commerce i enjoy learning about business <clears throat> i like to listen to historical podcasts so you can see where a company started and where it ended up you know it's interesting to me because you find a lot of uh there's tons of, of you know, relatable, sim- sim- similar experiences that we all go through that you think these companies like Coke and these big companies, they just got there somehow. But the backstory is, 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 is fascinating and it has that, it's, a, it's usually a very tumultuous uh, trip to get to where they need to get. Um, <clears throat> but well, now I forget your question. <laughs> well, well, okay. So, so because you like companies and and where they, you know, kind of their story, their personal story. I guess you encourage some restaurants to tell that story either through food or or pictures of food on Instagram or. Uh, okay. I mean, that's what's interesting to me is that in the process of selling, let's just say plates selling plates or the brush selling the brush and interacting with customers and getting them to promote their business at the same time they're promoting yours it's yeah yeah i mean that that's with plates and i mean what we're doing now this is a platform right go to meeting is a, is a communication tool and this is allowing us to create content that you know is for us to communicate all these platforms to me are are ways to engage and communicate with people and and you know if you're a brand yes you're communicating and you're sending out information and messages and stuff like that but at the end of the day you know we all want to talk to to people that's how we learn about your business that's how we you know we learn the nuances of what what you know why you do things why you buy and and if you can figure out how to use all these different platforms to communicate as a person, you you get so much more value out of them than if you just have only the brand and you never show your face. So what I try to tell customers is what works for me as a, as a as a human being is like, hey, I come from I come 
out from the shadows. I let people learn a little bit about Bill's personality because what I sell is only one part of who I am. You know what I mean? There's other, there, there's other parts that maybe are interesting, maybe are funny, and I like to bring it all, all to bear in the relationship. And I think customers are no different. You know, you, when you go to meet with a customer, an end user chef or a restaurant, you, you talk to people, right? And you, you talk to a broad range, the sous chef, the bartender, the executive chef, the GM, all these people tell you stories when you meet them. Oh man, this and that. And they, they have interesting insights and things that they've experienced <clears throat> and, and stuff that's relatable to you. And, and that's how you build a bond with people is sharing those stories face to face. And right now we can't do face to face. We could do face to computer, <laughs> but <laughs> this, this to me is, is the closest you can get to face to face when you can't do face to face. And I think it's important to use the tools. Plus the customers are there. That's what I tell people all the time. Chefs are on Instagram. If they're not. Uh, it's probably because there may be in a certain, and I don't want to be an, an ageist, but maybe they just, that's not how they, they're, you know, it's beyond them. It's too much for them to grasp and, and they don't have the time and they, they, you know, they've been in the business 40 years. They feel like I don't need new relationships. I have enough friends. I don't want new friends, but in sales, we all want new friends, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we need, we, we need new, new friends because we get in arguments with friends they leave us and go make friends with somebody else. Because we throw up on their so couch you, when we're over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's just a constant. It's a constant way to practice and hone your skill, and it's a form of communication that's that's different from what Carrie and I were used to because we didn't have this. But it, it's scalable. You know, you can you can see a lot more people. When you use Instagram, when you use LinkedIn, when you use whatever, you can expose yourself, not in a bad way, you know, <laughs> you can, well, I mean. you can show off, you can, you can show off your, your, you know, show off your, your talents, a bit of your personality. And, and I think we all do that in sales anyways. So why wouldn't you use these tools that are for the most part free? They don't cost anything to, to create some additional level of engagement that you don't have when you see people face to face. And I think that's a big thing I always try to emphasize to people because immediately when you tell them, oh, social media is, I don't do that. I go face to face. <laughs> you know, you get that. I'm face to face, man. I don't do that. It's like, what, 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 what's, why are you so angry at me? <laughs> it's like they're angry. It's like you're trying to trick them. That's a trick. It's true. I mean, it's true. And I just say, hey, I get it. I, I go face to face too, man. <laughs> but some customers, quite honestly, don't want face to face. You might want it as a salesperson. And we have to get a, put ourselves in the customer's shoes. The millennial customer that's on Instagram that hides from you, <laughs> right? Because they do. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Instagram. And... You might have that connection there where they'll DM you where they would never see you. Mm-hmm. Like, I've called them 10 times. I can't get an appointment. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, because, well, why don't you try something else? Well, I, I walked into the restaurant. 
you know, I, I just walked in. I, I just walk in on them. It's like everybody loves that, the walk yeah. in. Hi, hi, I'm here to, I'm here on your busy ass day to talk about my shit. <laughs> you know, can I, can I suck up some of your time, dude? It'll... We never met. I, you know, I never met, I never met you. We've never talked. I've never engaged with you ever. Can I walk in and suck up some of your time to talk about my stuff? Don't you want to do that? Isn't that like, oh, yeah, of course. I just had him. I have an employee quit, and what are you, what are you selling? High-end plates? Oh, yeah, right in my wheelhouse. I'm ready. Let's go. Here's a blank check. Oh, yeah, and I got, a, I got a PowerPoint for you. Let's sit down and go through it. And all I try to do to restaurants is say, hey, look, a lot of restaurants are already pretty social media savvy. You don't have to tell them to to do it. They're already doing it. And I think it's it's a bit insulting if you come in as a salesperson and and you try to tell them to do something or to show and you're not doing it yourself. So I feel quite comfortable not necessarily it's not like I'm schooling them or or talking in a condescending way like oh well you need to do this. Just say, hey, you know, this is some of the stuff that I've done. Have you tried this? It's just a regular conversation. It's additional value that I can bring. And, and plates in particular are very visual. It's not a, you can't really demo a plate other than putting food on it and, and taking a nice photo. You know what I mean? So well, and, and honestly, as, a, to, as a consumer, um, thinking with my stomach, as I often do, when I see restaurants or food service establishments that have um, an Instagram account, that's something I look at as far as, how do they showcase their food? And it doesn't have to be, you know, fancy plating techniques and all this, you know, perfect quenelles on everything or whatever. But I look for like, hey, do you guys care about kind of your vibe and what, what you're going for? And it, it does, you know, does everything match up and do you kind of have a, a, a succinct message? And to me, that's important because that lends me to believe further that this place probably has their stuff together. Right. And then that kind of also goes in hand in hand with what does your menu look like? You know, do you have a 25 page menu with everything on it or are you a tightly kind of focused establishment uh, that I know what I'm going to get? And I think with the ability Instagram, we were talking about this the other day, Carrie, or maybe today about just how like, I mean, it's free advertising. You know, it's basically like it's the new version of commercials and growing up as a kid the only food commercials i ever remember seeing were you know mcdonald's or pizza hut or or that kind of thing i never saw fred's diner on main street have a commercial so now basically you have the ability as a as an establishment to create any content you want and it's free youtube instagram podcast i mean you can do it anything it's all free yeah no you're absolutely right and that's like i you know you'd it's like to me. It's like why? Why wouldn't you use this stuff? You know, it's not. It's not going away. It's growing in popularity, and the. It's like anything. The only way you 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 learn how to use it is by doing it. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of. I'm gonna rehearse, and I'm gonna. I'm, I took a class, and I'm doing this and that. You just have to throw yourself into it, and and from there you'll you'll start to your you know your 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 cadence will evolve your voice you know how you you know 
how your camera facing communication is done, all that stuff. And um, restaurants are businesses just like us. And, and, you know, they have to connect with customers just like we do. And just as does any business, this is not universe. This is a universally uh, useful way to communicate with people. Um, So, so along those lines, without, without giving away all your trade secrets, which are available for nineteen ninety five an hour plus shipping and handling, um, without giving your, your tra- that's right, your trade secrets away. Uh, do, do you have any general, maybe starting points of advice for a food service establishment that's maybe that wants to have more of a presence online, uh, wants to better utilize their phones and their tablets to take pictures to do stuff, but maybe they're just not quite sure how to do it. Is there anything just as a quick casual point that you would be encouraging and say hey this would be a good place to start what i find mostly is is you you have to have a a curiosity you have to be curious about any of these things like if you're curious about instagram how it works you know you can find all kinds of information you can easily ask people for help uh that you'll find that there's a lot of people out there that are great resources but you have to have the initial curiosity. And, and what I find is that, uh, uh, you know, what happens with a lot of folks, you've been in the business for a long time, you have a lot of relationships, you're, you're too busy doing busy. So you don't, you, you, you don't, you don't, you, you don't have the curiosity. Someone tells you you should do it, that doesn't stick. It's gotta, it's gotta be something that sticks. Once it sticks, and you're like, oh, I'm really curious about how to use Instagram. Let me reach out to that doofus Bill. <laughs> you know, he looks like he knows what he and and I'm an open book. I'll tell you all kinds of hacks and things that I've learned from other people because I'm curious. But if I have to ask you over and over again and you don't do anything, you don't act on it. Shame on you. And I think that that's what unfortunately, that's been my personal experience in our business in most cases is is people uh don't have the for whatever reason they don't have the curiosity and and you you know that's that's the key point is i'm curious about it so i'm constantly trying to trying to learn more and gain knowledge thank you everyone for listening to the food service for thought podcast with carrie and justin we hope you enjoyed this episode and Really, even if you didn't, we'd really love it if you leave a positive comment on iTunes. At the very least, please give us a thumbs up and be sure to check in for our next episode. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.